how many of you have heard the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? Perhaps this is something you might have heard and you thought, just like I did when I heard it for the first time. How is that even possible? When I was younger, I thought to myself, I mean, if someone said something like that to me, there's no way I could have understood the ramifications of it until I perhaps experienced it. And I needed to experience something to understand that what doesn't kill you make you stronger. Or perhaps read so much and learned so much from other people's experiences to make me understand that concept that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That is the story of many mothers today. And that is why today, that's the discussion that we'll be exploring. I am Dr. Denise. I'm the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, and the best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. This is where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly parts of motherhood, and also the things that we could do to enhance our well-being of mind, body, soul, and spirit. I see that there's so many times that we beat ourselves up, especially as mothers. Some things actually drag us down and we just keep going. And I have to applaud you. If you're a mother listening to me or you know a mother, give them a big hug or give yourself a big hug for me because you're doing an amazing job. There are many times that things have happened to us. And I use that particular word too, because sometimes we don't have control over the things that happen to us. But the way we perceive whatever that thing or circumstance or experience was, is the thing that could help us move forward or keep us stuck. Have you ever been knocked down so bad that maybe one day you were crying, thinking about it? Oh my goodness, how could this happen to me? Or <laughs> this is the worst thing ever. I know I've been there where you aspire to get somewhere. You did not get there. Or perhaps you just feel very miserably. Or perhaps you got hurt physically, mentally, emotionally. And because of that, you're feeling defeated. I've been there. I mourn for a day, maybe two days, sometimes a week, sometimes a month, sometimes even longer. But you see, there are times that we need to give ourselves the space to grieve, the time to grieve. But remember, that's not the end of it. Crying that this has happened to you or this has happened in your life or you've experienced something is not the end of it. It's what you do afterwards. Do you stay there and wallow in self-pity? Do you claim victimhood? Do you get up and rise from the ashes? Do you use the stones that have been thrown at you to build your castle? The choice is entirely yours. And today I would like to bring to you some examples that we have seen in the world. And these are people who perhaps have been hurt in the past and we thought they would never rise from it, but somehow they rose. Somehow we are hearing about them, even though they are long gone. Somehow we are celebrating them and we're looking up to them. It's so important that we remember such people. We remember, of course, Martin Luther King Jr. That's someone who was moving very, very strongly for an injustice that was happening, discrimination that was occurring. Yes, he died young. Yes, he was murdered. 
But before that eventual murder, he was knocked down, bit down. And there were times when he felt he wanted to give up, but he didn't. For his courage, we celebrate. For his courage, we are here saying, wow, okay, there is a way forward. Rosa Parks, she refused to stand up. She felt, look, enough is enough. She felt she had been knocked down so many times and she probably had been, like many of us have been. And a time came when she said, you know what? I'm not staying knocked down. I'm going to stand up. In her own heart, her standing up was keeping herself in a seated position when they told her to stand up. There are sometimes we have made very, very uncomfortable decisions. And these decisions come from a place of courage. But also, it comes from a place of probably hitting the brick wall and saying, enough is enough. You might remember some people in your life. And I want you to just tap into that because we are here today because of the sacrifices made by others. We are here today because of the sweat and tears and blood, in some cases, of others. But we do not always need to shed our lives, to give up our lives. Because, like I said, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. When something is there to hurt you or kill you or affect you in such a negative way that you feel like you've lost something significant in your life, it does raise a lot of emotional energy. And unfortunately, the emotional energy that comes forth can be perceived as negative. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's deep sadness. But many times when we look at those emotions on the surface, we might think that they are things that keep us down. But did you know that the fear, the anger, the sadness can actually be utilized as manure for you to be stronger? I love watching movies. and. During one of our movie nights, my son decides, mommy, we would like us, I would like us to watch um, a particular movie. Now, I'm not going to do too much of a spoilers alert, and, but this movie is beautiful in the sense that it talks about each of us having different emotions. And there was joy, which had a bright color. There was disgust. Some people are already knowing the movie I'm talking about, right? There was sadness. There was anger. And, all, and of course, there was fear. So those were the main elements that were shown. And why Joy wanted the human in this movie to always be happy and yes, let's do it. We can do it. We have got it. She did not want anybody to make the human, the girl, to either be sad or fearful or disgusted or angry. She was doing everything possible until a breaking point where this girl had had enough, she felt like she was just numb. She could not even respond. Anger came in and did everything. Disgust tried. Every emotion tried. But her wake-up call was when sadness came in. Sadness was what brought her back from making the worst mistake of her life, sometimes we can tap into sadness. The sadness we feel when we're knocked down, 
the sadness we feel when we are hurt, the sadness we feel when we are lost, the sadness we feel when we feel betrayed. Tapping into that sadness can be the best thing that makes you stronger. It can be that rocket fuel for you. And so when we are with our children and your child maybe hurts themselves, they hit their knee or they've told you about something horrible that happened at school when a friend did not play with them or they felt excluded, they could feel sad. There is a default. And I remember hearing that growing up and I also used to say it myself, oh, don't be sad. I thought to myself at the point, wow, okay. I'm saying, don't be sad. Is that the right thing I'm supposed to say? And you might be thinking, oh no, do you want your child to be sad? No, I don't want my child to be sad. But if that sadness is what's going to bring an awakening for my child, please, my child, be sad to get that very much needed awakening. And so let's start thinking about what we are saying to ourselves and what we are saying to our children. Don't be sad. That sadness might be needed to help you. The second emotion I'm going to be talking about, which of course we feel when we are hurt or knocked down, is fear. <laughs> now, this is not in a particular order. Sometimes you could feel fear first or sadness first or whatever, but fear is one that everybody has talked about. I know with fear, we have so many, it serves as an acronym to so many things. This like, um, <laughs> Now, I don't swear, so I'm not going to use this, uh, the first one that came to my head. <laughs> that was so funny. But anyway, the first, the people say things like face everything and rise. Uh, and that's, I like to use that. That's my own positive twist to fear. So, uh, and some would use the F word, everything and run. <laughs> and when you think about that, of course, it sounds funny, but Sometimes it's, it's the best way to handle a situation, but you can also face everything and rise. And when, when you look at fear, it can be debilitating. I mean, from a scientific point of view, when we are faced with fear, what happens? We can either run, fight, freeze. That's the automatic response. And when we are doing that, we are not using our more thinking, problem-solving parts of our brains. So we are doing things from a, almost like a gut level, really. But we are in that panic mode. Now, fear is not a bad thing. Fear can be that powerful force that makes a very fragile mother, and I've talked about this before, to stop in front of a speeding car to grab her child from the road and run back across. It can bring such superpowers that you'll be wondering, whoa, how did that happen? Fear can do that. Fear can suddenly give you the power to hold something that is so heavy, knowing fully well that if you had let it go, if you were not holding it, it would crush something you care about, someone you love. It would destroy a life. Fear can do that. Fear can make you take some actions that you thought you could never take. And that in itself is one of the reasons why what doesn't kill you makes you strong enough to utilize the dung, the manure, that fear as a rocket fuel for you. 
It said, where there is life, there is hope. So no matter what you're facing right now, no matter what you're going through right now, I know that you have got the raw materials around you. You've got the raw materials within you. I always talk about our superpowers, especially as mothers. And I talked about this in my best-selling book, Every Mom is a Supermom. Your superpowers within can help you to create the tools that you require to take action today. We are not lacking resources. And yes, maybe the resources can make things easier and better, but resourcefulness is more important than having the resources. There are some people that have so many resources around them and they're not making any moves. Why? Because they are not resourceful enough to say, hey, you know that money that is there, I can use it to earn, to pay somebody to do the work I don't want to do so that I can get more time to spend with my family. And you know that these people that are my friends, I can develop a symbiotic relationship with them so that I can have less stress in my life. That is where resourcefulness comes. It's not about the resources. And even when you say, oh, I don't have anybody around you, you can meet a stranger and say, hey, can we have a deal? I scratch your back, you scratch mine. I'll help you with this and you help me with that. That is how our ancestors survived before we started having all this money exchanging hands. There was trade by butter. A, um, a person who was a farmer and had like crops would go to a person who was rearing animals and say, hey, okay, I'll give you some vegetables. You give me some milk. And then the person who was doing another trade would say, oh, I'll give you some of my produce, whatever it is that I make. Um, for example, the farmer could go to the blacksmith and say, okay, please give me some of the cutlasses and hoes and in implements you make, and I will give you some food. That in itself is resourcefulness. You don't have to have the money to say, oh, here's the money, take this in exchange for that. And sometimes that fear can come from a place of, I want to survive. We are inherently wanting to survive. And that's probably why we're still here. If we did not have fear, everybody would just walk around, uh, knock into a car, die. You know, that's not the way we want to live. And so sometimes having some inherent fear, some experience that would make us a little fearful can actually <laughs> make us make progress in our lives. And so, yes, whatever does not kill you makes you stronger. Fear can be utilized as a rocket fuel to help you be better and to achieve your goals. And the third one I'd like to talk about, and before I go into that, if you're enjoying this, please make sure you come back and have a listen again, download this episode, share it with people, and let us spread this message. Because many people think that when you've hit a brick wall, when you've fallen down, when you've really been that, in that place where you feel defeated, it's the end, but it is not the end. It's just the beginning and you can rise from it. You only lose when you give up. So keep going, keep striving, keep moving. You've got this. And so the third one I'm going to talk about is anger. <laughs> now, anger is one that, oh my word, I, I, I think to a large extent, I utilize quite a bit. Of course, I utilize fear. I utilize sadness, maybe not as much, but anger, my goodness. <laughs> How many of you have perhaps 
been told you're not good enough. You can't get here. It's only the top class that comes to this space. And then you'd be like, really? Okay, then watch me. How many of you have ever done that? Okay. (laughs) Now, that is something that some people would say or respond when someone tells them they cannot do something or tell them that they are worthless or tell them they're not good enough. Of Of course, there is that rejection and guilt and shame and everything that people feel, but some people get and tap into anger. They experience that anger of how dare this person say this to me. <laughs> now, of course, there's some people who think that, oh, that comes from a place of pride. But sometimes it comes from a place when you when you felt really, really bad and angry and sad at yourself. Then at the point you start saying, but why did this person say this to me in the first instance? And then you start to maybe brood. It's, it's almost like a defense mechanism. Anger. While, of course, it's not something I would like to promote, there are sometimes that that anger in itself can serve as a spark for you. So imagine you are like a piece of wood. Someone comes and pours water on you and keeps pouring water on you. Now, your job as a piece of wood is to be lit up to cook the food that everybody would eat. Now, When someone has poured water on you, you feel soggy. You feel like you cannot fulfill your purpose. That feeling of sogginess, that feeling like you are not worth anything, that you cannot even fulfill your purpose, can make some people really angry. And if it's making you angry, that's okay. But what are you going to do about that? Sometimes that anger can serve as the spark, the spark that would light up the wood, that would dry up the water and will set things ablaze so that you can cook that food, that purpose for which you were made. You can actually do it. That is what anger can do. And I recall at some point in my life when I was, after I'd gone through that fear and feeling, oh, what would they say? What would they do? Or hope I'm not going to be criticized. And the point, I think I tuned into anger and I was like, hey, whatever you want to do, do, because I will show you what is happening. (laughs) Because at the point, it was necessary to utilize that emotion as a spark. And so, yes, you might be angry because you've been hit, you've been hurt, you've been left, you've been abused. You can utilize that anger, but do not stay there. I have to say it again. You can utilize that anger, but do not stay there. Okay. Now, the fourth one I'm going to share with you is another very important one. And it's also something you can use so that even when you are knocked down, you're hit, you're unable to achieve at the point what you wanted to achieve, it wouldn't be a situation. It would be a situation whereby I can say, what did not kill me made me stronger. Okay. And that's the one that I tend to promote quite a bit. And that is love. Love is an emotion that is just beyond that level of hopelessness, helplessness, fear, anger, shame, sadness, all those ones that will probably be having lower vibrations because love in itself is so powerful. Love can heal hearts. 
It can heal relationships. It can heal worlds. It can heal nations. It can stop wars. Love is a beautiful gift that you have and I have. And because we have got that gift, we can utilize it. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Sometimes it's a love for yourself that will make you get off from that position of regret, crying, lamenting. Oh, why me? How could this happen to me? To a place where you can utilize the love for yourself to keep moving onward and forward. That is how resilience is built. Love is a gift you give to yourself first, because only when you love yourself will you be able to love your neighbor. After all, what was one of the great commandments? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, how will you love your neighbor? You can't say you love your neighbor when you don't love yourself. So can you see, this is a lesson for us mothers. We all think that it's all about giving, giving, making sure everybody else is happy. We put ourselves last. Everybody to, to, should have what they want. We can stay without anything. No, love yourself first. When you have loved yourself, then you will know how to love others. So when things knock you, hit you, hurt you, don't stay there for too long. You might need to stay there, yes, one day, two days, one month, one week, you know, whatever that time, but just have give, give yourself that time because that's an act of self-love. There are some days I need to be under the duvet. And that's why I always say to people, I said, every mom is a super mom, not because of the super things that she does, but because of the superpowers she possesses within. And so even on those days when you're under the duvet, you're crying, you are a super mom. There are times when things hurt you so bad that all you can do is lay under the duvet and cry. But remember, after that cry, get up, wash your face, tune into the love you have for yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and say, you are amazing and I love you. We've got this. Let's do it. Remember, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I am Dr. Denise. And I'm here empowering you as mothers with words, with stories, with courses, and all the things that I offer. So please connect. Please check out what we have on offer. Check out the things that you can tap into. So connect with me on social media. So at least you can hear those things that have been said. Maybe you need to hear that that morning. Or that's the Saudi words you need to read that day. Or perhaps you know someone who would benefit from it. Make sure that you're taking care of you because your well-being is important. It's so much more important than anything else. I look forward to seeing you again very soon. Until then, I ask that you stay well. Do not forget to subscribe. Do not forget to share and take care of you. Thank you.